You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. My colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, are here with me for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Training camp is underway. Preseason games are underway. The start of the regular season is less than two weeks away. We are in it now, folks. We're in it. The Seattle Kraken's third season in the AHL. Can you believe it? Third. We're already in it. Uh, and we couldn't be happier. We're so psyched. And uh, we, of course, had, uh, for those of you who have been listening to us, we had a summertime check-in. But now, here we are in the fall. It's hockey time. And um, we're psyched to to be here and have another season of Kraken FanCast coming in. Um, before we dive into what's happening in this preseason, I want to welcome back all of our longtime listeners, uh, any of our relatively new listeners, and big, big thanks to any of you checking us in for the first time. And for those of you who are checking us out for the first time, uh, we're Kraken uh, FanCast, and we focus on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken. We analyze recent past games, talk about what's co- coming up for the team, Uh, go over various team news, and, of course, share our own opinions about all sorts of Kraken-related happenings. We'll also at times present interviews with people directly involved with the team, as well as those in the fan community. Plus, we occasionally go into some different subject matter when we can, uh, a subject matter that you might not hear on other Kraken-related podcasts. We want to thank our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. So as I started up, it's been training camp for a number of days. Uh, neither Nathan nor I have had a chance to. We're aiming to go in a few days uh, uh, to, to one of the training camps. But Jim, you've seen a lot. I believe you said you've been to three of the training camp uh sessions um we saw obviously you and i just to give a little backstory we saw some development camp uh earlier in the year with the draftees and some invitees and some of those guys are are in this general camp too along with the veterans but plus we're getting to see some newly acquired players of course the first time ever in a kraken uniform brian dumoulin uh, pierre edouard bellamere and kyler yamamoto curious very curious uh what you've seen and what your impressions are so far well hello everybody we're back aren't we yeah man i mean you know i take summers off but now i'm jacked up ever since i went to all the camp sessions um started with the rookie camp which is the first time they've ever done this now they can since they're in their third year and we have a large enough roster you know we had 60 players total uh, so they can break it down to rookie, regular camp, uh, and so on. Um, and they utilized all three rinks uh, for practices at times. Uh, two sheets of ice, two split them up, and had had guys all over the place. That was fantastic. Anyway, rookie camp uh, was cool. Uh, same guys we saw at the development camp for the most part. Um, and, you know, with dev camp you had uh, some guys that were popping out to us and we both agreed chris on a few of them with this uh rookie camp there wasn't uh anybody really shining right out it was pretty equal mass it seemed down the line uh it just super high intensity high tempo and of course they get the coaches from coachella up here running drills as well on both ranks um <clears throat> from that aspect it was really cool uh, fast forward after two days to the regular camp, and uh, I made it to the first day of the regular camp, which was all 60, I believe it's 60, uh, players, all the vets returning, uh, AHL, Coachella, European, you name it. They're all there. Uh, five or six tenders, I believe. Six tenders. Um, the What I took away from uh, that first day was there was a great, uh, there was a lot of two on two drills, a lot of corner pressure work, breakout work, a lot of three on three drills, and then opening up with the, uh, the first scrimmage of the season after the break. And, um, just super, like I said, super high tempo, super intensity, a lot of physical, you know, it's funny. 
you don't get a whole lot of physical work, but wouldn't you know it when you heard the boards rattle, who else but Melanson and, you know, <laughs> the usual suspects. But he's going to be the guy. If, you, if you're not watching a game, with, if you're watching a game or your eyes are closed and you're turning away and you hear the boards rattle and turn around, I guarantee you 63 was close by. Uh, so that's always cool. Um, guy, I'll give you a quick rundown of totaling up both rookie camp and regular camp. And then, uh, also I saw another session, uh, guys that popped out, whether they're vets or rookies, uh, on the veteran side, you know, Maddie goes without saying, uh, what I saw out of him, I'm seeing even more patience than he had last year, which, you know, he was really developing his game in the season, but man, his patience, and you saw it in that game against Calgary too. Mm. He just, you know, he slows the game down in his mind and does things, makes it look easy. Um, <clears throat> Burakovsky's really great to have back. You can see it. He's got the shot. Uh, he's got that size that we need on the wing. You know, I, you, you kind of want to call him a power forward, but he's not a typical power forward. He gets that shot up just on the outside perimeter a little bit. But, man, it's nice to have that back because we, we totally missed him in the playoffs. Um, other vets, that uh, guys like Vince Dunn. I think I commented. Uh, I can't remember who I was sitting next to. It might have been, been JT, actually. Uh, Vince's first couple of shifts, I said something to the, to the fact that, oh, boy, you can tell that man signed his contract, can't you? Because it just stepped it up. You know, he's, he's willing. He's going to back it up. You can tell. Um, Adam Larson, smooth man, his edge work. I saw it in the game too, in the overtime on the three on three, his edge work, and then his, his he's got some some dangle going on. It's like, what the heck? Where'd you grab that from? You know, it's like, all right, I'm I'm digging it. Um, and so those are the vets. The other guys we don't even need to talk about. The number one line's intact, you know, Veneers, Everly, and, and McCann. They they look great, straight up. Um, the, now the youngsters or, or rookies or prospects that was popping out to me throughout the whole camps, uh, David Goyette, Sherlock Strong, um, Tucker Carlson. And, you know, that guy, uh, Robertson, Tucker Robertson. <laughs> that's great, man. There you go. There uh, are so many Tuckers. I get it. No, Tucker yeah, Robertson. I got you. a goal the yeah. other night. Yes. So, and I've been high on him since. A couple of years watching WHL or watching the OHCHL network, and I also saw him up at the Memorial Cup for uh, Peterborough, and he looked great. But you know he's looking good. Whoever he teams up with, he's had a couple of situations working uh, with several players, uh, and he's just looking smart and crafty. And you know he's. Uh, I was talking to another guy uh, down there, uh, another writer, and we both agreed. You know he just he does what he has to do. Uh, his hockey IQ is high. He's not going to dazzle you with speed. He's He knows where to be without the puck, which is super important for a player like that. And he's a draw man in the future, for sure. So he's looking good. He's still holding on. We've sent players back already, juniors. Um, he's still there. Um, Just to back uh, up a second, were you saying, yeah. so I mean, obviously Dunn and Larson are playing a lot together, some of the usual guys, but you were seeing some of these younger guys uh, in different situations, different pairings, or were they usually the same guys? Well, on the D, the D side of things, they were pretty much the same pairings all the way through, even, uh, even in the Coachella system, it seemed like forwards were definitely moving around, uh, in the, let's just call it the bottom six. How about that? Bottom six guys were definitely moving around between what would be on our roster anyway. And the Coachella guys, you know, um, but some other surprise guys, well, not surprise really, but like Ryan Winterton really looked good. He was working on a line with uh, with Ty Cartier and uh, Shane Wright there for a while. And I was like, okay, this is looking solid. Um, you know, guys like uh, Ty go without saying. I was really concentrating on a shot. I got some good videos of the shot. He's, he's interesting uh, inside release that I was keen on. Riker looked good. Riker's walking the line really like a like a pro now. Like he could play right now, it seems like. I Very like his smart. answers in the, uh, in the pressers. I, I like his attitude, yes. answers on those. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's really kind of a quiet, but 
Yeah. And, but he's really playing poised, head up, um, no pressure. He's one of those players that creates blue line space in the ozone, you know, uh, it's just smart play. He can see the sideboard. Well, he can see the bumper guy. Well, um, it's just, you know, good playing. And then of course, Ty Nelson look good as he always does. Um, he's fun to watch, you know, a little, He's a little bold back guy. there, and he showed. And we'll talk about it because Nathan and I—I I neglected mm-hmm. to mention earlier—we were at the, one of the Calgary games, the Seattle one, of course. Yeah. And and, uh, and then just a, he he show he he jumped out at me on that one too. Right, and then I got a couple other guys that I underlined that didn't quite hit that level, but still, I as I would look up, I'd see their number a lot in in key plays and guys like. Believe it or not, Luke Henman looks pretty good these last couple of days. Okay. Yeah, they had. Uh, they had him on line with uh, Melanson and Robertson, and it was clicking. Um, Cameron Hughes, that's a guy that's kind of known as a, you know, farmhand. Uh, he was looking solid. Jacob, uh, Devin Shorter surprised me, believe it or not. Um, and he was p- playing on the big sheet of ice with uh, Shane Wright and Yamamoto. So they had that line running there for a bit. Um, Never hear. Other guys. Yeah. Um Cal Fleury looked pretty good. Uh, Patrick Sapala, I, I was seeing his name a lot all of a sudden. And he played well on the Calgary game as well on TV, I noticed. Um, and then Vili Odevainen with that size. So out of all that, you know, and as far as tenders go, you know, with the six, uh, technically seven, actually. You know, Joey Joey looked solid in every, every piece he played. Um, and then I did put down two players under a mystery watch category. And that is Colin, because we know where his progression is. We know where his age is. We know he's right there, especially after the year he had at Coachella last year and the playoff run. Um, but he's a mystery because we got so many players vying for that bottom six, you know, Carte, right. Uh, in him and and so he's a mystery and my other guy is the same as everybody's mystery is chris drieger what's going to happen there so all in all great camp very excited and i was sitting here thinking uh yesterday about like you know we've been a plus a minus b plus rankings in the last two drafts by all the experts very good we love it we love what we see and then I sit there and I think, well, there's 31 other clubs. I wonder what they're thinking, you know, like how excitable are they? So I just really like what's going on. I really like what's going on with the coaching staff situation too, between us and Coachella. And it's just, once again, Chris, this organization, man, spending the money, whatever they're doing, they're not holding back. They want to win now. And, you know, they feel like they've been in it enough to let, Hey, let's just go for it. Right. Especially after last year. So very oh, oh, there's a lot of so much depth for the future, though, right? I mean, we've got these guys. Oh. Maybe there's not a big star, and we can talk about that. You know, that that's sometimes what I hear a lot of uh, is some of the pundits will criticize. Okay, they don't have like big, you know, man, right. not there yet, and all that. They're missing that. That that's in some people's opinions, but right. yeah, just the fact that we're talking about a lot of guys just now that you brought up aren't going to be in a crack in uniform at all this year, or if they are, that's for a few little cups of coffee. Right. And they're really good. I mean, they're worthy of being in the AHL. So that, you know, it's a nice problem to have, uh, you know, more. Totally. Guys. I mean, it's how you, rec- you know, you achieve trade value. There's guys that we hate to see go every year. And it's always going to be guys off that bottom six. Look what happened last year. You know, it was like, Oh God, we lost, you know, him strong and, you know, and Donato and all this and geeky. Well, it's going to happen next year. And this is why you have the trade value of these guys down below. You can watch the development and go, okay, it's his time. And then that guy goes and so on and so forth. Um, another guy I forgot to bring up, and we think of him as a farm man as well, is Podolowski is just having a really good all-around game everywhere I've seen. His Calgary game was strong, you know, and he's – what's he going to do? Is he going to be – you know, he might get a call up on injuries. He's it just been solid. So – yeah, one of the best uh, guys uh, statistically for uh, for the fire. Yeah, solid. Yeah, for sure. Well, this is a good segue, Nathan. Uh, talk a little bit about what we saw. And we can only see 
one of two of the games. It was kind of unusual. Well, unusual in Seattle Kraken history. I guess, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. Other teams have done this, but we just hadn't seen the with Seattle playing two games all on one night, splitting the squads, splitting the coaching staffs. Some are, you know, Calgary Flames are the opponent, and they did the same thing. There was one game in Calgary, which we did not get to watch. I mean, I saw a little highlights a little bit here and there. Maybe you guys saw a little more, I, I hope. But, um, you know, they won that game up in Calgary, uh, part of the squad. Uh, it was 5-3 uh, to three, Calgary winning that one. I'm sorry, Seattle winning that one in Calgary. And then the second one that we saw – uh, and I definitely want to talk about Joey Decord, among others, uh, who you mentioned, Jim, uh, that shined well. Uh, unfortunately, lost it in the shootout overtime, though. I mean, prior to that, you know, Joey was it, Grubauer was in for one period, Joey in for two, uh, looking solid. Had a little hard time with a couple of the shootout things. He 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 sort of partly stopped the puck, but it would ricochet off one of his pads or 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 uh, glove or whatever. So. They ended up losing that, but it did, didn't make me feel too bad. I mean, Daniel Vladar for the Flames looked really good. So he blocked a lot more shots than uh, Decord or Grubauer had, had to deal with. But uh, Nathan, what did you think on some of those and, you know, th- thoughts on, and, and, and things that you saw at that game? Well, it was good to be back, stepping back into the arena first, just the atmosphere. I wasn't sure exactly how many – we're really going to show for you know very first preseason game but i was i was actually surprised there was a really good turnout um as far as how the game went you know grubauer he was looking good he he only let a couple in one of them completely was not his fault he was doing everything he could and uh there was just too many people too many things going on at once and that puck was just the angle the of first, that was shot. that the first goal you're talking about? It went yeah, top. yeah. The angle on that, I don't even know how he got it, but got that one in. When they brought uh, they brought Joey in, it was nice to see. Joey looked really good. Joey did a great job. I think we'll see more of him. How much? Again, we've had this conversation. We don't know. It all kind of depends on what we're going to do with Drieger, uh, or what happens with Drieger and his performance and all of that. A few other things that stood out for me was uh, Nelson, watching him. He's a stout, stout dude. It's pretty uh, stocky. Fun to watch. Really fun to watch. The uh, Dunn and Larson tandem was off the chain the entire time. You can. They don't even have to speak to each other. They just know where to be, what to do, what the other player is going to do next. There were a couple of times where they did get split up, but it wasn't for that long. Another person that I didn't really realize, and I had seen him play live before, you know, at the arena, was I didn't realize just how freaking big Larson is. I mean, he's just a big man all around, and he skates like he's not. And so moving on from that to, you know, Bellamar, I was really excited because, you know, he used to play in Vegas, so I kind of was a fan from then and he's he's bounced around he's been around the league a while we have him for what one year just this year is this contract or is it two do you guys know i believe it's one i believe it's one as well you could tell and yes again it was a preseason game but he he didn't come out trying to turn heads he was coming out supporting the rooks supporting the players that are trying to get somewhere with this organization, he was passing, he was skating hard. He wasn't taking shots. He was doing everything he can to support the other players around him. And that to me spoke volumes in his character. And I think he's, he's going to do well here. Once the season kicks off, yes, he's going to be taking a lot more shots because the roster will be solidified. And he's got the potential to help these other players, you know, and kind of be the the ice daddy for for some of those younger guys. Well, I'll interrupt so. for a second. Interesting, you bring that up, Nathan, because I remember seeing a shot. I don't know if it was on Twitter or, or Instagram or something, but it was a shot of Bellamere, you know, standing around during camp. I don't know if that was one of the ones you were at Jim doing some coaching on faceoffs uh, with with the, uh, the younger guys. Correct. He's he's a faceoff guy. So, good points, Nathan. Um, First and foremost, 
he did. He stepped right in, and it's like he's taking a leadership role without the designation on his jersey, which is really cool. And you can see it. There's respect. He's got the age. He's got the experience. Um, you know, he's a PK guy, which is nice because we're already loaded with great PK guys. So that's going to be another solid situation. You know, obviously a fourth line guy, a character guy. Uh, he's always smiling at the rink and he's going to help on that draw. You can see the, the video work, you know, you know, these guys that do draws that, that are either a centerman or utility forwards. We have a lot of utility forwards. We have all three years. Um, they've, they've learned the center role and the draw their whole life, but not in depth as a full bona fide centerman. So having somebody like him, kind of like when Sheehan was in here, that's what they're good at. And they can teach just that little thing. It's kind of like the golf swing thing, just that little tweak, right? That uh, Same with goaltending coaches. One guy has that and one guy doesn't. And that could be the difference for that one tender. Same with the draw. So hopefully that helps. Um, after seeing that video, it almost makes me think maybe that's the whole reason he's here. You know, it could be yeah. that. I mean, you, you get a guy in here for... What is it? What did he sign for? Entry level numbers type. So, you know, you got a fourth liner, you got a PK guy, and he's teaching the guys, and he's like support on the bench and almost like a coach, like an assistant, like the old school, you know, Reggie, Reggie uh, Dunlop uh, player coach. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, they, and obviously, we've talked immensely, everybody has about how poor the Kraken historically have been on faceoffs. So, another, another, coach to help on that. It, interesting, you know, I knew he was in his 30s, but I just looked it up. Uh, he's even older than I realized. He's 38. He's going to be 39 before the season ends. Uh, yep. So quite a bit up there. Good for him to keep his uh, career going. He did bounce around uh, Tampa, Colorado, Vegas. Uh, he was with for a couple of seasons in the Philadelphia Flyers. And prior to that, played in Europe for, for quite a while. So uh that's good. But it, yeah, we got good vibes, Nathan, right? I mean, it was, I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect of him. I'm seeing him around the league and everything, but I never, I never personally got a impression about it one way or the other. So it was, it was, it was nice to see that interaction. Yeah. He's gelling well with everybody. I saw him in an interview. He was kind of goofing off, uh, formally saying his entire full name as the camera turned on and just kind of, you know, as if, hey, everybody, in case you don't know who I am, I am this guy. And uh, it was funny to watch. And he had a lot of good things to say. He had he had really strong words about a couple of the players that he knows he's going to be on the ice with quite a bit. And it was nice to hear. Moving on from him, one last thing that I want to mention about that game was Maddie was all over the place. And in fact, out of position several times, but he was doing it for good reason. There were a lot of times where in the neutral zone, the puck was just kind of free floating a little bit. And between face-offs, between whistles anyway, uh, there was um, a point where Eberly came over to him, put his arm around him and said, hey, I don't know exactly what he said, you know, so far away, but it looked like he was saying, you know, relax, calm down. Just stay in your lane. Um, if that's something he was saying, I mean, I get that. But a player like Maddie, he's got a hard time sitting still. He's always trying to do something to help something happen. But it was good to see that Everly, too, was, I wouldn't necessarily say coaching him, but just keeping his head level and, and looking forward. So that was nice. Well, that's what teammates have to do is like talk to each other. I mean, I know that from, you know, from baseball and everything, you know, and obviously even more, I imagine Jim, you know, for hockey, I mean, the communication and everything. And if you see one of your teammates having a little downtime or whatever, you, you got to talk to them and pick them up. So I think that's yep. probably what's going on there. I do want to say Manny had a very pretty backhand shot for his goal uh, on that one. Uh, on the on the game in Seattle was uh, Tucker Robertson, um with uh getting the first goal with Goyette and Hedman that's Hedman yeah I was uh there with the assist uh Maddie in the second period Porowalski again someone you mentioned earlier Jim and uh Vince done with the assists on that one um and uh yeah not pretty solid now you know with the other game 
we saw, yeah, I know Yamamoto made a nice impression uh, on that game, if I remember correctly. I'm just looking at, uh, oh, and Kale Fleury, he was the other goal. Yeah, Fleury, Yamamoto, Cartier, Borgen, and Yamamoto with a second score there so welcome to the team uh guys that was that was great uh also guys like Riker Evans uh Ellie Tolvanen um uh Winterton Shore um uh Rykoff and and actually Tolvanen again on another uh, assist so uh those guys were uh, uh well involved Morrison and uh, as well and Petman so um, yeah, I didn't get to see much of that game, but uh, it sounded solid. Drieger was in uh, net on that one, um, and uh, hey, it was the first one. They've got one coming up. We're recording this shortly before the game against the Vancouver Canucks, uh, their second home preseason game. They have another one with Edmonton, which Jim will be at, along with some road games uh, right before leading up to their uh, season opener, not the home opener, season opener on the tenth in vegas uh we'll we'll see them um actually at home against colorado and uh that game is on i'm basing on my dates here it's 16th is uh yeah uh i'm sorry the uh 17th yeah tuesday the 17th looking forward to that game um one thing i i wanted to ask you jim uh you know nathan mentioned the attendance um, you know, in a lot of the games, preseason games in pre prior years, they were playing in some smaller arenas and they, they'd be packed. I mean, it wasn't packed, but it was just nicely crowded, I guess I'd say. It was, you know, it was, uh, it felt low because all the uh, regular season games are packed, but there was, a, there was a good, uh, good batch of, you know, good, good, a decent crowd, sat, you know, they were loud. We saw, saw a lot of our familiar faces in our in our section too, so that was that was nice uh, for everybody to get back. They were like, you know, everybody was really psyched to be back after after a few months away. But uh, I was curious about the attendance. The reason why I bring it up, the curious about the attendance uh, at training camp, because um, some my experience and our experience has been it's it's been packed. It's really good to get there early, and then sometimes you just waltz in easily. Uh, what what's that experience been getting a seat? Good point you bring up there. Um, it's funny, the last two years have been rather good, especially the first year. Um, I've been to more camps this year. But from experience, I've always had a rule. I, I travel from the South End, Tacoma. So I have a rule. I like to be there like an hour before doors just in case, because that first year and the second year, um, those lines were rather long from the opening to to the their rink to the lobby was rather long and I don't didn't want to put up with that stuff anymore and I have areas I like to sit obviously um this year has been lighter now I don't know if it just happens to be uh the way they laid out the schedule or um you know people having a hard time breaking away from their own work or what have you because I would have thought that the first day of rookie camp would have been packed and it was probably three quarter maybe. Um, and I would have thought first day of actual camp would have been packed and it was about the same. And then when I went just, you know, the other day, it was pretty light, but there is two rinks going on where you can step over to rink two, which is the smart sheet rink. And they have it like quadrant, a quarter quadrant roped off with a kind of high school bleacherish situation. And at times that gets kind of loaded up. And in fact, that's where I was uh, just the other day watching pretty much Coachella, uh, the Coachella boys and Jessica Campbell running some, some nice drills over there, which was kind of cool. Cause it was uh, the day after she took the, the bench reins of the assistant um, coach, uh, with Lowry and she made some pretty much some NHL history, uh, you know, being the first female on the NHL bench. Although I believe there's another one that happened in Pittsburgh, but that's a big deal. Um, the, the crowds have been decent, good, but it is different. There's not as much um, PR stuff or, or, or fan interaction with like the John Forsland situations and everything with the media people, you know, talk Q and A's and things. It's straight up hockey. It's straight up go to town. And that's because they got a lot of players there and it has to be very efficient. In fact, I was sitting there thinking the other day, man, just, just whoever is uh, 
doing the choreography on this is, is pretty brilliant on, on, on efficiency from rink to rink and what's up with drills. You know, they draw out the drills, but on and off the ice, back when they're coming, the ice cut and everything. So, you know, this is full on NHL. This is how it is everywhere right now. Um, and and I think nice that, that big, that's a big difference, though, that you mentioned about the two rinks, because first two seasons, it was all happening on that one rink, or at least all for that the most part knew about it, you know um the, the that was sort of the focus and there was a lot of hype early on and there are a lot a lot they seem to be a lot more open sessions i could be wrong but i just get that vibe that they're, they're a little more open now so it's spreading it out and yes i could that could alter but i mean three quarters full that's that's nice i mean that's still uh, no it's fine i just remember those i just remember that first year it was it was pretty oh, yeah. it was whacked out man it was it was amazing well, you had to but get yeah, a like first year. You had to get a reservation for some of them. The first, yeah, yeah, you did. First year. yeah, yeah, you had to do it online. But and that first year, or even last year, when they used that second sheet, it was usually for special teams or goaltender training or something. But like I said, man, they had the full Coachella. I I enjoyed watching the Coachella side for the first session. I was all over that because those were the line combos of players I like, and I know we're going to be around in the future. A lot of them, so. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the um, let's jump in. You 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 brought up something I was about to bring up and and meant to a little earlier when we were going over the Calgary game. Yeah, Jessica Campbell, the uh, first woman to become a full time coach in the American Hockey League, served as a coach for the Kraken in a preseason game against Calgary uh, Monday night, the game that we were at. So uh, a big first there. I think you're right. I think someone else did and maybe it was pittsburgh it was a, i feel like it was a while ago but um you know she's been you know but in jessica's case you know full-time head assistant coach i mean full-time you know with coachella um so people down there got to see her uh, quite a bit last season but uh yeah a nice story and she knows hockey she's you know well deserved i you know I, and players players seem seem to like her so uh all, all good there so it was nice uh for the kraken to uh have another piece of his NHL history there. So uh, good for her. All right. Um, hey, also speaking of, since we're talking about staff, Jim, uh, there was a little news on uh, our, our old a guy who's been around the league for a long time back with the Kraken, Dave Tippett. What's, what's going on yeah. there? Yeah. I, I heard that. I, I heard that news, but it was like, it wasn't direct. So I thought, what did I hear? And so I had to look it up and I sure enough saw that, he had been hired back because he, he got fired. He was originally with us, got the team rolling uh, as a, a consultant, basically. And I remember back then people thought he might be the first GM. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And uh, but then he moved on, went and got hired by Edmonton. Uh, got fired in 22. Anyway, he's back. And that was a surprise off guard. Now, geez, man, there's really you got coaches and coaches and consultants. Uh and I thought, man, they're just building hard, and that's cool. Uh, I always like the guy personally. Um, you know, yeah. They and, they announced uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, he's been his uh, his title is hired as a coaching as coaching consultant. He won't right. be on the bench with Hackstall and, and the staff, but uh, tip is to uh, provide assistance for the club behind the scenes. So he'll probably be at practices and probably maybe see see him around right. back in Iceplex uh and and maybe at the game so you know not not as uh involved but you know maybe he's the guy who could, could wait in the wings for if there's ever any you know sort of changes or additions or anything so uh he's a good hockey man you know long, long history as a coach uh uh with a number of teams coyotes for quite a while and has worked around the around the league so and also was a player so um i like it you know it just seems always seemed like a smart guy to me would you concur Yes, absolutely. I, I liked him when he was here the first time, and I was kind of surprised when he took that job. But obviously, the money talked. Yeah. So there you go. Well, welcome back, yeah. Dave Tippett. Um, all right. Well, so you know they, they got quite an army of coaches and and uh, people analyzing things like any team does. But you know, we're the Seattle Kraken are coming off uh, a historic season. Uh, yeah. Okay. It wasn't like the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Of a expansion team make it in the first year but hey seattle kraken made it in the second year uh, hardly any expansion teams ever did that before and uh and and even made it to the second round of playoffs we're still uh, glowing over all that uh and you know there's a little bit of uh you know 
healthy skepticism out there with uh, hockey pundits where you know, underachieving the first year, were they kind of overachieving the second year? Or are they going to be kind of coming back down to earth or be the same or be better? And just like anything, there's a, there's a myriad of uh, opinions. Um, but let's let's dive in a little bit. This is a good time to dive into the Pacific Division predictions. Uh, I'm just going to share, you know, I, I, I have very mixed feelings uh, about this. I mean, I'm feeling the Kraken would be, will be at least as good as they were uh, record-wise as they were last year uh hoping obviously better and i think there's a capability but i don't i don't see them sitting back at all as long as everybody stays healthy um interesting to see uh so i'm going over some of my notes here like some of the some of the rankings i mean there are a lot of people who are feeling it's not that the kraken have gotten any better or worse it's just that some of the other teams are very improved or you know some teams like last year Ed, Edmonton ended up kind of disappointing in the playoffs but everybody see the pundits seem very bullish on them right now to to win the Pacific Division uh more more bullish than me they are about Vegas although Vegas you know for a lot of pundits collectively you know feel them at second place uh third place though it's it's a uh, third fourth fifth is a real mix of opinions uh a lot a lot of people are seeing the Kings moving up some people uh think uh flames will have a bounce back year and some you know obviously kraken uh you know think of them as a continued dark horse bubble team a bubble on the playoffs may just barely make it or just miss it uh which is you know to me reasonable uh but uh, and then canucks may be a little better ducks sharks some improvement there perhaps but not enough to make the playoffs that's what I'm gathering. I'm just I'm real paraphrasing. I mean, I've I've looked at, you know, probably ten different predictions and point totals and and thoughts and all that. But I want to get what you guys think uh, of what sort of order do you foresee at this time? Because we've seen all the shuffle ups with all the free agents and the and the rookies and things and and you know we know what the Kraken have. How do they stack up, Jim? You start. Okay, uh, I took this assignment and went a little deeper here. Um, <clears throat> so I got to tell you, I was sitting at home one night uh, watching the Emerald City Boys podcast, and I got locked in only because they started out by saying, we are going to predict every game of the 23-24 season. And I thought to myself, what the? Uh... So I listened to it, but I did not listen to the end. But I got close. Um, I decided to do that myself. I a couple of days later, I got out a pad and pen and I wrote them down. I go, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So I did it, um, you know, factored in home away, uh, back to backs. Uh, road How long did this trips. take you? That's a lot of games. Buddy. You know, actually not as long as you think. I think my going back and pre post tweaking a little bit took a little bit longer because I did just like they did. I split it in half season or almost at, basically the half season at uh, winter classic point. So that being said, I had the Kraken before winter classic at 2014 and three for 43 points. And post I had them 24, 17 and four for a total record of 44, 31 and seven on a slight dip of a 95-point season rather than a 100-point season. Um, the only reason I did is because that season was extraordinary last year. Um, any way you look at it, it was killer. It was great. It's fantastic. 100-point season. We we're all happy. Um, all I know is I have us finishing the same spot as predictions before and, well, where we came in last year. I got us at four. On the run, and by the way, Emerald City Boys came out at 94 points, so we we're incredibly close. We were one point off. It's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, I've got Edmonton on top. I got them at 110 points. I got Vegas at 107, L.A. 102, Seattle 95, Vancouver 89, Calgary 85, Ducks 66, San Jose 60. There's a little bit of movement. Every team dropped a little bit for the most part, except for the bottom came up a little bit. Um, 
the hardest for me was that Vancouver Calgary flip thing there. That's it just seems to be such a right under us. It's such a hard one to call. What's going to happen with all those Calgary losses? I, I had to drop them again. And you know, Vancouver's a mystery team to me. They always seem to be. So I got them up there. So that's what I got. The the biggest thing out of this is we're a playoff team. Um, it all depends on who we match up with in the playoffs as opposed to last year. So, you know, we, we were one game away from being four, four teams. That, to me, is going to be incredibly hard to repeat. So, you know, you want to go up, but, man, to get past that point, just get to the playoffs and we'll see. But I just don't have us going quite as far as just because of how this league is, the parity, and, and just how incredible the Ren was last year and, and how hard that is to repeat. That's what I got. All right. Nathan, what do you think? I don't have Anaheim, LA, San Jose. I don't have them making any real moves uh, this year either. Calgary, they might be a thorn in the side of a few teams for a little while. There could be some back and forth. But uh, I've got Edmonton at around 96 points. I've got Vegas at 94 points and I have the Kraken at 92 points and I don't really care about any of the other teams in the Pacific. Um, it just, they don't matter to me nearly as much. I will start. But you got to say, it's going to be in the playoffs. So who, who's, who's right behind the Kraken? You <clears throat> on that though? You've got, you've got LA there. LA. You you've got LA there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Jocking for those 92 points. Okay. Somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys get into it a little bit more, but I, I'm sure I'll probably find myself backpedaling halfway through the season, like, oh, crap, what did I say on that episode? My predictions, you know, down the toilet, Anaheim's doing great. I'm like, you know, some weird, you know, cosmic crap. But I think that uh, I think I'm pretty confident in what I, what I say. I think that Edmonton's going to do well again. You know, they had that roller coaster you know, we kept talking about this roller coaster, their ups, their downs. I think this could be a really good season for them. Vegas, obviously, they're going to try to repeat and keep the cup in uh, Nevada. But we're coming, too, so we'll see what happens. Sure thing. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I don't I don't I didn't go too deep on on points, guys, but I, I did have my my just general predictions here and all and uh what i came up with i mean uh, i think it's kind of unanimous for a lot of us uh, you know ed, ed, for most people most pundits and people predicting edmonton number one i mean just on paper they're still so stacked uh they are well aware of what things went wrong last year i'm sure and doing everything they can to uh improve upon that solid organization after many years of not being one but the, you know the, lately um, you know, just a great organization, and uh, a, you know, when you have McDavid and Drysidle, and um, you know, the goalie thing has been a little bit of a an issue for them, but that seems to have calmed down. So I, I don't, I, I'd be surprised if they don't end up first. Vegas solidly in second, and then as we're talking, you know, it's all a little gray area below that. But I'm, I am going to go out. I, I'm feeling so. It's a little bit. You know, so much of this depends on 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 health, you know, and some of the young guys stepping up to a higher level than we're seeing them, which is possible, which we hope for, but you don't always get. But I, I think there's some potential there. Got you know, guys like you know, well, Maddie to continue on his progress and his journey as a, an NHL player after you know winning the Calder uh, Rookie of the Year trophy. Uh, Cartier, you know, a lot of guys, you know, in there. I think, you know, how how far the crack can go is how good is the goaltending going to be? Are we going to get year two Grubauer or are we going to get year one Grubauer? I don't know. Uh, I, I I would think that he's figured out all his demons and things that he was dealing with in year one and and he'll he'll continue with two. But he's getting up there in age and – uh, this team really needs a solid, very solid backup. Like I saw, you know, watching that game against Calgary and we're watching Daniel Vladar, who I feel is continually improving as a goalie. 
you know, it's been but Jacob Markstrom's job, you know, uh, thus far. But I, you know, I could see Ladar getting a little more time. He played really solidly last year, uh, this year, and and we saw glimpses of that last year. So, is Joey going to be that? Is Drieger bouncing back from his, you know, from his injury? Lots of questions. But I'm going to have faith that the fact that this team has gelled so well, great coaching staff. That's you know Larry and 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 everything. I'm, I'm adding you know the Coachella guys too, and and just you know the amount of depth on this team, the amount of great young talent that is yet to you that will continue to blossom. I'm sure of. I'm going to give them third place uh, with LA close behind, and, and it's probably going to be back and forth. And also Calgary will be in there, but I'm going to I'm going to. I'm actually going to put the, you know, you're right, Jim Vancouver is such a mystery. I'm actually going to go, this is a little limb too, and I say Vancouver is going to get fifth, Calgary sixth. And the reason why I think now, now Rick Tockett's going to have a full full year with him, well, as long as things are going well. But there's some, you know, the, Demko had been hurt and they, you know, they have a lot of young guys on that team that they're going to, you know, hopefully for Vancouver flourish and I, I trust they will. So, I, I think we're going to see a little jump up on them, not not playoff, but they'll they'll be in the bubble at fifth, Calgary sixth, Anaheim seventh, uh, and the Sharks uh, finishing at eighth. That's that's what I'm going to go out on the limb on. And and Nathan, you're right, we may eat some of those words because there are always surprises in any NHL season. Up two three teams end up doing way worse than you think, and two or three like the Seattle Kraken do way better, and that's what's so exciting. But uh, We'll we'll throw that out there for now. So that's that's where we're we're going. What do you all think, you listeners think uh, how the Pacific Division is going to end up? Um, make sure you reach out to us on social media and uh, and uh, let us let us know your thoughts. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Cast Kraken, and we also have our own Facebook page. So uh, please reach out to us about that. Um, we're also going to reach out to you all. We we have some just little teaser news. And those of you who look at us on Twitter, and this photo may have been on Facebook too, Jim. I don't remember, but Jim was being a nice model for us recently in one of our new creations. We're, we're getting a little bit in the t-shirt business. We literally just got them in a few days ago. There will finally be some Kraken Fancast t-shirts, but we also have some that are a little bit of a, a, a spin Jim, you came up with it. You want to talk about our Dunn Larson shirt? Oh boy, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, uh, let me yeah, talk about things you might not hear another crack. That's right. Uh, so yeah, we had talked about doing some type of, you know, anybody that has a little thing going on talks about how to promote it. Anyway, we decided to come up with some shirts and a couple of different ones. One was a basic design of the crew here and everything and the, the production. And the other was, I was just thinking... You know, the whole Dunn and Larson thing is it's such a great uh, defensive combo. They rank high in the league uh, statistically and analytically, uh, and they become quite a force. And <laughs> I can't remember who it was or maybe my wife or me or whatever. Just the two names combined sounded like a law firm or something, the Dunn and Larson. It sounds like something you'd hear on the TV late night infomercial. So I said, yeah, it's, it's toy around with some designs here so is did a design a while back just kind of sat on it didn't do much and when we decided to talk about doing shirts all i said let's bring that back and tweaked it up a little bit and sure enough decided to print it out and you know you just think it's going to be one of those things that's either going to work or it's going to fail but uh i wore it a couple of times and people were like okay that thing that right there is a good, good item to have so um i'm not sure what the volume we have uh, printed up, but uh, we're going to get a picture just, somehow. Just, uh, just to color this a little more, so it says Dun and Larson, Dun Dun Larson, Maritime Law, law Group, Law Group. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it has a little Kraken Fancast logo in the back. So uh, once we get our uh, little sales situation together, uh, should should be ready shortly after the start of the season. Uh, we're going to make those uh, available to the public. So um, I think it was a little inspiration, maybe indirectly, you know, being, you know, Jim and I being Boston fans too. There, there are a couple of t-shirt companies back in Boston. One's called Sully's and other one's called Chowderheads. And what they do is they take a lot of, uh, they make a lot of shirts that are an homage 
to what you know one of the Boston teams, but they're not going to use logos, and we're not using any any NHL uh, you know uh, security people out there. Don't worry, we're not using any copywritten uh, logos or anything. But you know, just mentions and these other t-shirts companies would say you know things like you know big. Big Poppy scores again, or something like that, you know, for, you know, meaning David Ortiz for the Red Sox, or, you know, they have Bruins uh, versions and Patriots and all of that. And they're just like fun shirts. People who are big fans know what that means and they know they're unique. So they they pick it up. So we thought uh, we'll do kind of our own little version of that. So that'll be shown soon. And like you said, if you see us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, there's there's a there's a photo of uh, Jim modeling that the uh, Dunn Larson shirt. So we're really excited to get those out. So those will be coming out soon. All right. Um, and that's it, I guess. That's a lot we we covered, boys. So uh, we're going to aim to be back. You know, we, as as you longtime listeners know, where we've been tended tended to be an every other week biweekly uh, podcast. Uh, we are going to try to do it a little more often. Uh, maybe have a little weekly check ins or something. It might not be a full episode, but we're going to try to be a wee bit more active this year. Um, so uh, next one will probably be in the next uh, nine or ten days or so. We'll check back in. We'll have a little more preseason game chat to talk about. And uh, it'll probably be shortly before the first game in Vegas, which Nathan, you're going to be. Yes, I will. Yes, I'm going to be there. Going to go down with, uh, again, my best friend, Jason, and go visit our good friend, Tommy, that uh, some of our listeners may have listened to those interviews. I'm going to be talking with him again. Uh, Probably going to touch a little bit on predictions, what his predictions are in the Pacific. Uh, what it's like to drink beer out of the Stanley Cup and maybe even talk a little bit of uh, Winter Classic. So stay tuned for that as well. That was a great topic to bring up with him. Well, we hope you, we trust you'll have a great time. And I'll be at the opening game, home game uh, against Colorado. So we'll have a lot, lot to talk about. Where the, the season is upon us, it it's really feels great. So uh, folks, thanks as always for for tuning in and checking us out. Um, as I mentioned, we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, also, I said it a lot last year and we didn't, but we are going to try to be on YouTube more this year. Um, the, this podcast is also available as always on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our own website, SeattleKrakenFanCast.com. Uh, also, we hope you'll consider supporting us on the Patreon financial support platform. You can find more information about that at patreon.com slash Fancast. We have a number of people who contribute and just want to see us keep doing our thing. And we are very, very grateful to all our supporters. So as always, for Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson and our wonderful producer, Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say... Go, go crack, crack. crack.